Welcome to Spitfire and Sass, divine discernment and worldly defiance. Pursue truth, wisdom, and joy, and live free for entertainment only. Today, we're discussing an unintentional habit that we can all slip into and how it can so easily steal our joy. Why we do it might surprise you. Once we examine all the various forms of this sneaky thief, we will be armed with awareness, and with that, we will never fall victim to it again, unless we choose to. Have you ever began a conversation with these phrases? If only, or as soon as I can, I'm gonna, or when I get a chance, or one of these days, and my favorite, I wish. You know what all these have in common? As long as they are commonplace in our thoughts, they keep us powerless. That's right. I know what you're thinking because I'm all too familiar with these kinds of thoughts. And it's funny because I didn't recognize that. These were very habitual for me uh, personally until I began to recognize them in others. And when I began noticing this habit in others, it made me aware of it within myself. Now, regardless of what comes after these phrase starters, they often simply look like excuses to others. If only I felt better, I'd be motivated to exercise. Well, many people will attest that exercising needs to come first to actually make us feel better. One of these days, I'm going to visit Ireland. Well, tomorrow isn't promised, right? If you say that over so many years, I mean, do you really intend to do this? I wish I liked my job. Well, why don't you get a job that you do like? (laughs) I mean, it's pretty easy to see why these might simply look like excuses to others. But that's not the point here. The point is... This kind of thinking is something that we all engage with to some degree. So we really need to look at why we think this way for the analysis to be beneficial today. So it's so easy to take everything at face value and slap a judgment on it and be done. But what good is that? Uh, Nobody's going to grow and learn that way. So let's take just one example, okay? I wish I liked my job. Well, knowing full well that it's always an option to actually go and get a different job that we like, why would someone choose to stay and complain? Because that's essentially what they're doing. But why? Let me propose two reasons that I've been studying for quite some time. And first, I'd like to mention that in relation to this topic, my word for 2020 is actually choice. Um, So it's very relevant to me, choice. So again, this is a topic that I actually know intimately. The two main reasons that I believe people do this are, number one, it keeps them comfortable. It provides security and protection from risk and therefore potential failure. So in the example of, I wish I had a job I like, well, the alternative is getting a different job. And guess what? 
that can feel like a huge black hole called the unknown. So security actually keeps many of us stuck. And this is where the what ifs come in, right? What if I can't find a job that I like better? What if I fail? What if, what if, what if? And so, yes, these ways of thinking are excuses, but we don't view them that way because we aren't even aware that this is what they are. Our psyche is working so hard to protect us that all we are aware of is the fact that what we know, the things that we are certain of in life, in this example, our current job, they're familiar. And so whether it's really ideal or not isn't really relevant when it comes to our safety and security. Sometimes our instinct is so strong in regards to avoiding risk that when we make excuses like one of these days I'm going to open the art gallery, we don't really mean it. And we don't even know that we don't mean it. So number one is this. There's comfort and security and familiarity. Okay. Number two, the other reason that we keep our heads in the clouds with wishful thinking is because this keeps us focused on something other than reality. So in order to change our reality, if there's something missing or not happening the way that we would really like... Well, we have to be willing to first acknowledge it, and second, we have to do something about it. So if we aren't doing anything about whatever it is that we're complaining about, or anything to try and make our what-ifs come true, well, it may be because deep down, we don't want them to come true, no matter how great they sound. So let me explain. All our lives, when we are not mindful, we are essentially susceptible to being conditioned. And we will discuss how conditioning can impact our lives a bit later. But first, let's discuss not being mindful. This is such an important and powerful thing that there have been best-selling books written about this very thing. Being mindful means being fully present and paying attention to the very moment that you are in. And it means that you are in the driver's seat of your life. Now, if you have your head in the clouds, like the old saying goes, you are actually being oblivious to whatever is happening in the here and now. There's a reason that Ram Dass wrote the bestseller called Be Here Now. If your mind is occupied, you might even miss an elephant in the room. Or something simple, like when your spouse comes home with a new haircut and you don't even notice it. And the more occupied you are in the present reality with your thoughts, the more reality that you will miss. Extreme examples of people who do this a lot often get called spacey, and we all do it to some degree. I do believe this is why the Bible has so many directives to guard our hearts Because our minds can end up focused on destructive thoughts, thoughts that can influence our emotions and damage everything from our relationships down to our personal joy, confidence, and clarity. Our thoughts, emotions, and reality are so closely intertwined. 
It's why someone snaps at someone else and it's not real clear why. There's a battle going on in the mind and that's why. And they are focused there. But what if someone is just spacing, like we said earlier? I mean, they're just not present for their life? Let me say that again. They're just not present for their life. I mean, that's huge. That's a very big deal. Spacing out really equates to avoiding reality. And there are many reasons that we might want to do this. First of all, our current reality might not uh, be ideal. You know, it could even be very painful um, because of our current life circumstances. Or, and I have a hunch, this is the more common reason, and that is the bad circumstances that happened in the past, um, they're, they're still there, okay? They bother us. And because we can't let go and move on, we are still stuck there in our mind, despite our reality being different now. So this is what happens when we don't do the work to process difficult or painful life experiences. Emotions need to, they need to happen. We don't need to push them away. We have to process emotions um, and and experiences, painful life experiences, so important. So the two causes of avoiding reality are primarily based in negative emotions, either due to our present or our past circumstances. Now, what if I told you that we could get out of this mental prison with a little bit of work? Yes, we can be free, truly free. And this is when we get to actually come alive and experience moments in our life in real time. It all starts with unlearning and destructing deeply conditioned thought structures that have been put into place by our psyche. They were built for, for our protection initially, but after a while, once we realize we aren't really free and able to enjoy our present reality, well, that's our wake-up call to tear these protective structures down. Okay, they're built totally unknowingly, subconsciously. So we have to become aware of them in the first place. And, you know, the fact that they are blocking joy in our life um, and our participation, really, in our current reality. And we have to consciously work to break them down. So some examples of protective conditioning, which shapes our mental prisons, are as follows. If we were hurt by people in the past, we might begin to focus on this hurt and stop trusting other people altogether, um, even those who should be trusted. And this might prevent us from experiencing joyful friendships and relationships. I mean, that's a big impact. Um, Maybe if, if we were the sounding board for a loved one who projected their own mental anguish onto us, Or even if we just closely witnessed a loved one deal with depression or emotional instability and reactivity, um, we might make a lot of our own life decisions out of an extreme avoidance of risk because stability 
and a lack of chaos is what we desire so very much. Um, And this might mean that we never reach our full potential in life because, you know, we might be scared to experiment with um, what might turn out to be even more unexpected twists and turns. You know, that may result in something uh, wonderful, very fruitful in the end, but you know, due to our past experiences, we may just not be willing to uh, take that risk. So as a third example, um, if we were raised with too much responsibility too early in life, you know, like carrying the burden of taking care of our siblings and more of a parental role, well, I mean, we might become unconsciously conditioned to believe that our self-worth is due to what we can do for others. So we may stay busy all of our life striving when in reality our heart is calling for us to take more time for ourselves because we matter too. So these are just examples, but all these if onlys, you know, if only I had more time for myself, if only this or that, um, all these if onlys being immediately shot down by, yeah, but what if? Well, maybe we turn them around and we say, however, or yeah, but. So we aren't saying that a what if outcome would not happen. Maybe we would fail at something we took a risk with, okay? However, that's where the however comes in. However, Obviously, we won't know unless we try. However, we might come across unknown opportunities or meet new lifelong friends or learn a new skill that will benefit us the rest of our life. In other words, even if we fail at the what if stage where we decide to actually, you know, step out and and take a, um, a chance, that might simply be a small price to pay for what we get in the end. Friends, it comes down to faith. And boy, do I have some stories for you there. But those will have to wait until later. So here's an exercise for you. Okay, go ahead and grab a pencil, uh, hit pause, come back. Okay, first, draw a three-column chart. On the left side, you're going to call that column, if only, or I wish. Now in the middle, you're going to call this column, what if, or it's just that, and that's going to be, you know, your fears, your excuses, things like that, okay? And really, it's the uh, the place for whatever your automatic dead end mental responses, whatever's going to bring you that dead end and put a, a stop to, uh, to your, your wishes, you know. Now, you're going to call the far right column, however, and this is where the magic happens. This is not where you write a best case scenario. It's where you actually pretend the middle column did happen, but you, you write down any possible benefits that might still come about because you simply chose to take the risk. And so here are some examples. I wish I had time to exercise. It's just that 
I'm too busy. However, if I make it a goal to walk during my lunch break every day, I could also use this time to pick up a few groceries. Okay, that's just one simple example. Okay, let's do another one. I wish I didn't have to give that presentation at work tomorrow. It's just that I get so nervous. However, if I start the presentation off with an intentional mistake and then I laugh about it, maybe it'll help diffuse the stuffy tension in the room and I can relax if I really do make a mistake later on. Okay, Um, here's another one. I wish I had not let my emotions get the best of me. Um, I would apologize for my rant, but what if the other person thinks that this means that they were right and I was wrong when this isn't true? Yeah, but if I don't apologize, it will weigh on me. So it's best if I do. This is your third column, okay? It's best if I do. So I can start it off by saying, you know, I stand firm with my position, um, but my love and respect for for you, for the other person, means more um, than my last words being so emotionally charged, and so I, I apologize for that, okay? I could go on and on with examples, but the point is this. We need to be aware of our tendency to duck out of and avoid taking responsibility when and where we can. And we need to do it for for us, for ourselves. It may seem like we are benefiting ourselves by avoiding an uncomfortable apology or an intimidating presentation. But in reality, by sitting these things out, We are sitting on the sidelines of our life, and we are playing a victim. Guys, we were not made to be victims. We were made to be powerful with God by our side. And step number one is catching these automatic rejections in our thinkings and saying to ourselves, No, I will not accept weakness or fear. I will see any opportunity in the situation and believe in possible good outcomes. And even if there is a less than desirable outcome, I will look for unexpected opportunities to come from that. I mean, how many times have you cried over a relationship heartbreak only to later realize that it needed to happen? You know, Maybe you could be ready and available for the next better partner, um, someone that was better suited for you. And uh, that opportunity only happens because you, you know, you were single. Okay. So look at things differently. We, we have to look at things differently. Um, catch the immediate mental blockages that come up and evaluate them. And look for opportunity everywhere. Um, Even what seems to be simple, like striking up a conversation at a craft fair, could turn into a friendship Uh, when you almost caved into another afternoon napping on the couch instead. A towed car at midnight can lead to adventure and a fun story to share later on. A second mortgage made prayerfully while waiting to sell your first house might turn into a testimony of faith later on. 
a missing family treasure might provoke a replacement purchase that comes in the mail with an unbelievably relevant message that confirms life goes on after death. A casual afternoon drive might lead to an encounter with just the right person at just the right time and place who makes you a business offer almost too good to be true. But only if you keep an open mind and a willing heart. Yes, these are all just a handful of examples of unexpected adventures and opportunities that I have had the pleasure of calling part of my life experience. And yes, I have also spent plenty of time striking down hope at the first sign of a blockade. And guess what? When I started saying, however, things turned around. Oxford Languages defines however as in whatever way, regardless of how. However is a statement of faith. With our business, my husband and I have learned to plan our budget and, you know, use careful evaluation. But when it comes down to making the next big step and big decision, the how part is often a mystery. With our faith in God, it's absolutely miraculous to watch things unfold, y'all. I'm telling you, the how literally works itself out. You just need the faith, my friend. How is God's business. Well, that's it for today's show. Look for an inspirational show coming up next week. It won't be midweek this time. I'm going to be dropping one show a week for a while until things return to a more manageable pace with our business. Don't forget to follow the Facebook page, Spitfire and Sass Podcast. I will post all the transcripts as well as updates on when shows will drop on the Facebook page. Guys, y'all have a wonderful week. Speak your truths, remember your heavenly heritage, and look to God when the world cannot show you the how, because He delivers.